Folks, if you aren't raising a glass right now, I don't know what the hell you're doing. The Buffalo Bills are 8-3 and three for the first time since 1996, I believe. Yep, yep. It is the Thomas Takeover postgame show. We are live here at Studio D in Cheek to Vegas. I'm your host, the General. We got Ryan Thomas, DJ, DJ Supreme, show sponsor, Picasso's Pizza. If you can't catch us live, you can't finish the show, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Guys, a dominating performance today. The Buffalo Bills win 20-3 over the Denver Broncos, and they are really starting to solidify that number five seed. Right, you are, and this was an awesome game to build off of. We talked about the importance of this game being that in four days from now, we got to go to Dallas and take on the Dallas Cowboys. So we're on short rest now, but for Buffalo to come out in front of their home crowd, home audience, and for their defense especially to play as dominantly as they did today, wow, it was a phenomenal effort um, on both sides of the ball, but I thought the defense really stood out today, to say the least. Yes, the defense looked great, but also one thing that came to mind when I was thinking back on the game today Von Miller, a non-factor in this game today, and that was huge because that was a key concern of mine. Cody Ford, Cody Ford yep. coming into the game, but, I, I mean, they, much credit to Sean McDermott, Brian Dable, the offensive line, really the entire offense for mitigating him because he's still a top threat in terms of a defensive pass rusher in the league. Uh, but the Bills came out, they handled their business, and it's on to Dallas, boys. On to Dallas. On to Dallas. On to Dallas. Some- Ryan Thomas, yep. some stats I'm going uh, to shoot out real quick. When we say a dominating performance, the Buffalo Bills today, 22 first downs to Denver's nine. Total oh. plays, 73 to 46 yards. It's like a college matchup when you talk about yards. 424 to 134. Unbelievable. And, and as you said, just like a college matchup. And you notice throughout the game, Denver was really trying to change their game plan to attack Buffalo's defense in as many ways as they could attempt to think of and it just was not happening a player that I was really uh, concerned about was Philip Lindsay and he didn't really do much of anything today either I mean there were some successful nope. runs there here and there but overall I mean Denver's offense it, it was like they could they just could not um, make anything happen throughout the game today it was unreal yeah and Philip Lindsay brutal haircut by the way <laughs> brutal haircut I saw that tweet I mean he, 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 he was as lost as his barber was today on that field but I mean, it, it's it, throwback. He's got the afro, you yeah, know, but, throwback. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> when you when you think of the Bills' defense, they're really getting back to their form from the beginning of the season when they were getting touted as one of the best defenses in the league. They have the stats to back it up. They <clears throat> slipped a little bit after the bye week, but with guys like Trey Edmonds, Trey White, Matt Milano went off today. Yep. I mean, he was a one-man wrecking crew himself. I mean, it, it was really refreshing to see. And gives us a lot of confidence going into these this tough stretch and to close out the season. For sure. And I, I think there's a player out there that we're going to definitely dive into. But if you told me that this guy was a standout, I would have said it's about damn time. We'll get to him. Okay. We'll get to him. But guys, <laughs> it's a performance that this Buffalo Bills team should have done today. Right. You know what I'm saying? We're 7-3, and three, only three-and-a-half, four-point favorites, but it's something that the defense should have done against a rookie qu- – or not a rookie quarterback, but a young quarterback. First-time starter. First-time first starter. starter coming into yeah. Buffalo. And the biggest thing, we're not in the hunt anymore. Nope. This is a wild-card team, so we are hunted. 
Mm-hmm. We're a team being hunted. We are not in the hunt. So the, the Buffalo wow. Bills did exactly what they needed to do today. They solidified themselves in that five seed, and there were some matchups throughout the AFC today that I really circled as far as key games, and one of them was the Oakland Raiders and the New York Jets, and the Jets stomped the Oakland Raiders today. I mean, it wasn't even – it was a complete blowout. So for, for Buffalo Bills fans, we can all kind of breathe a sigh of relief that at least the Raiders are kind of in the rearview mirror standings-wise. They're not going to be challenging for our spot. At least we have a, a, a say in that. Yeah, and when you look at that, so the Bills are the fifth seed uh, currently at 8-3, and three, and they're higher than the three-seed Texans and the four-seed Chiefs. They're both 7-4. and four, Bills are 8-3. and three, And then you look below that – Buffalo Bills have a two-game lead on everybody. It's Pittsburgh Steelers at six and five, Oakland Raiders at now at six and five, Colts fell to six and five after Thursday's loss, and the Titans are blowing out uh, Jacksonville right, right now. Right. They're going to move to six and five, but we have the tiebreaker on them. So the Buffalo Bills, we like the next four weeks are the toughest matchups of the year. We've been talking about this on every post-game show. Yep. You got Dallas coming up, then Baltimore, then Pittsburgh, then New England. It's getting to the point where you got to just win one really and beat the Jets in the final week of the season, to get to 10-6. and six. Right. I couldn't agree more. And really, they still there's still an opportunity for this to, to all be you know lost. There really is with the amount of games that are left. We don't want to you know under, under I guess, analyze that. But at the same time, I feel like motivationally, this Buffalo Bills team, to kind of what DJ Supreme was saying, they look like they've found their footing and they're starting to find their identity on both the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball, which I yep. questioned throughout this entire history of this show whether they would find their identity on offense, and it looks like they're starting to. Yes, and it's it's a run-heavy offense. Right. You know, It's not just Singletary. It's not just Gore. It's Allen, too. And I've been more and more impressed with Allen, what he's been able to do with his legs finding points on the ground, um, and and how refreshing, boys. The deep ball to John Brown. Oh, what an unreal catch. Yeah, that was great, great throw. Play. I mean, Denver, they <laughs> – you like, right. we were thinking of, like, oh, they're going to they're gonna run here again on second down so that Gore could hit that milestone. Nope. Brian Dable dials up a deep bomb to John Brown to seal the deal for the Bills. I thought it was a – you know, we've, we've been on Dable. Mm-hmm. Lord, Lord right. knows right. that we have been critical of him. Keep but, him in the booth. But, oh, yeah. Keep, <laughs> yeah hey, listen, right, right. He's, he's looking good right, up there right, in the booth, right. you know. Uh, maybe he's throw, afraid of the cold. Who knows? Throw but, away the key of the of the booth, too, when they when they shut that door. <laughs> just throw the key away and leave him in there because, I mean, he looks a lot better in the booth than he did on the sideline. And I think as far as that goes, too, to the Bills' offense, the fact that Dable is in the booth and you have a young – quarterbacks coach like Ken Dorsey on the sideline kind of communicating with Allen coaching wise I think that that is shaping up to be a little bit of a better relationship when Allen does make a mistake Dorsey seems to kind of be there rather than Dable kind of yelling in his face and stuff yeah and and one quick point I just as as I'm thinking of my life as a Bills fan and our lives as Bills fans really when have we ever not been in the hunt at this time of the year I mean even when we made the playoffs two years ago we were in the hunt so it's really it's it's sort of a reality shift as a Bills fan to be in the driver's seat. Obviously, we prefer it this way. Yeah. But for I mean, sure, 100%. Uh, if you told me the Bills would be 8-3 and three at this point in the season, at the beginning of the year, Nah. Right, I, I, I wouldn't have believed that. you. Yeah, <laughs> wouldn't have believed you for sure. No, and that, like, you touching back on that, you know, John Brown, Allen, deep ball to make it 20-3. to three. Uh, If there was anything up to that point 
that Bills fans could get upset about or bitch about. It was that, once again, it's a team at home that we should be taking advantage of more. Settled for three the first possession. Settled for three the second possession. It's only 13-3. But you look at the yardage, you look at the first downs, look at every other stat, you're like, how is this team not winning by three or four touchdowns? That made you feel a little bit better at the end of the game, seeing Allen throw a deep oh, ball yeah. into the wind and make it happen. It was the icing on the cake, really. It was the, the touchdown that, that essentially sealed the game yep. for Buffalo. No doubt about that. And kind of to you know go through your point to kind of uh, recap the start of the game here, I thought it would be more the same. I was I was really hoping I was wrong, and I'm thankful that I was wrong. Uh, and the fact that the Buffalo Bills offense just could not find their footing those those first two drives, especially they were moving up the field, no doubt about it. But settling for house money field goals against Denver leaves me scratching my head, saying, "Why are we not turning these into touchdowns?" Yep. And uh, we got we got the win, but in order for Buffalo to not just make the playoffs but to win a playoff game, they're going to have to get that right eventually. Yep, and that was something I harped on in, in the halftime show was right, like right. we need to we need to finish in the red zone. I, I was thinking yeah. of the old Gary Thorne call on the NHL 07, 08, where he's like, finish, 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 and I'm not talking about the country. <laughs> I, I, was, I was thinking that to myself before we went live, and, I mean, we found a way to get it done right away in the second half, yes. and then we sealed the deal at the end. So, I, I, you know, it's, it's good to see that progress throughout the game. Yeah, and with those first two drives we were talking about, uh, I mean, first drive was like, what, 70 yards? Second was like an 87-yard drive. Denver did a good job at making us start our drives within the like, you know, 5, 10, 15-yard line. I don't think it was mm -hmm. still the second half where we had a drive that started even at our own 25. And with those first two drives, I love the hurry-up offense. Oh, when you yes. got a dy dynamic duo with Gore, with Singletary, to get those consistent four or five-yard pickups to keep that defense on the field, you could tell at points that there were times where the Broncos defenders were like this. They're huffing and puffing. If we can do that with Josh Allen – and, and solidify this as a part of our offense the next five weeks going into the playoffs, I'm, I love it even more. And that second yeah. drive, the only reason why they didn't get seven, a stupid holding call on Feliciano. It would have yep. been second and goal at the one. Yeah. Another week. Back and another week. Another patented weak NFL holding call on this soft version of the NFL. Hey, uh, Ryan, it is what Ryan, it is. You know, you know how it is in the NFL, guys. <laughs> holding can be called. Any Anytime. play Anytime. of the game, yeah. they choose when they want to call it. They did it there. I yeah. am glad you brought up the fact that they have have ran this, you know, hurry up offense, and I think it speaks volumes to to everything involving the offense, but especially Josh Allen and his progress that he has made. The progress specifically that I think he has made the last, you know, three four weeks. He looks far more comfortable commanding the offense, making adjustments at the line. Um, I believe, I truly believe that the touchdown that he threw to Cole Beasley was a was a pure adjustment play. Yep. The play was was already, you know, called, and he reads the defense and called some sort of a hot route adjustment. Cole Beasley was wide open after that adjustment was made, and I I think uh, I know we were pretty pumped up about that at Rec Room, no doubt about it. <laughs> oh, no doubt about it. Right before he. Right before the ball was snapped, you were telling me he's like, Alan sees something. He Alan sees, sees something. something. Yeah. And then three seconds later, boom, out of his hand. Bills. And that's what he's needed. Just those quick, just on site, uh, you know, just make the decision. Just play your game. Don't worry about the, the mistakes. Just play your game and, and uh, good things happen. And we've seen that the last couple weeks for sure. Let's go. Got to bring up now the third drive for the Buffalo Bills, the Josh Allen INT. Uh, Which goes to my point in the opposite end of it. <laughs> <laughs> what? Ryan, Ryan, when that happened, I was like, 
is this kind of like Philly all not I knew like obviously the Broncos aren't like the Philadelphia Eagles, but it reminded me of that Philly game when you have the lead, you're up six nothing, and you turn the ball over with four minutes left to give them somewhat of momentum. I'm like, so what was your throw in that? Was it just an awful throw that he kind of readjusted the last second and an airmail? What happened what, there? What, as, as far as you know, my take on that play, there was no intended receiver. I mean, the, the, where the ball was going, you saw the ball flying through the air, and you see the receiver underneath it. There maybe that's the, the receiver. Yeah, maybe that's the receiver yeah. he was trying to throw it to, but he threw it on like the left, almost the left, you know, kind of side of the field towards the sideline kind of and center left center I guess you could say and it was like a pop fly for the defensive back to just catch that ball and run a few yards with it and Couldn't honestly myself, honestly it was a pop oh, yeah. fly it really was <laughs> and and to be quite honest with you like that was the worst interception that I've ever seen him throw by I, far. I think in, I, in his Buffalo Bills career I it think was he, very not Josh Allen that was not Josh Allen throwing that pass. I don't know who that was, but it wasn't him. Maybe yeah, J.P. Lossman. I, I mean, there there was like a target. There was a crossing route that was well underneath where he placed the ball. Right. So I was thinking that uh, they didn't really show too many replays on it at Rec Room, but I thought that he sailed it. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it turned into a pop fly. It was like the, it was like the uh, uh, Christmas <laughs> early Christmas gift. Oh, yeah, it was a, it was gift wrapped. Yeah. I've noticed a, I noticed a few times in, in the home game actually against Philly and in the home game today, obviously against Denver, that he's he's had issues gripping the ball. Like he's he's kind of re-gripped the ball when the ball is snapped to him, and I don't know if that maybe maybe he needs to go double gloves or something during the yeah. during the uh, I don't know. I've I've noticed it bits and pieces at least. Up the ends on the sideline, something <laughs> something. So obviously, <laughs> then what happened after that? An immediate pick, Trey right. White again. So both Allen's right. throw a pick. Uh, Trey White makes him pay, and then we're getting into the Bills' fourth drive. This is something I want to talk about because I argue about this with my you know dad and brother on a weekly basis when we're at these games. It's the Bills' fourth drive. You have 58 seconds left. You're up six nothing. You pretty much have been all over this team for the first half with, mm-hmm. when it comes to yards and first downs. My brother's kind of the guy that, like, is he's, he's making fun of me. Let's take a knee. Let's run it out at the end of the first half. Why? Why? <laughs> what? I mean, with your <laughs> offense the way it's been, attack them. Go for it. Like, let's let's try and, like, I'm sick of being the old Bills, old school Bills where, like, we're set, we settle. And let's just either let's take a knee and let's head to the half or, like, whatever. But I'm just – I'm over that. And it was just an ugly 58 seconds, an ugly use of your timeouts – what was there? A delay of game after a timeout. Right, right. After a timeout. That was unbelievable. After a timeout. And that then was Alan, unbelievable. Alan went to call timeout. A double timeout. A double yeah. timeout. Yes, he they, did. they gave him the yes, delay of game. Yeah. So it's just, Ryan, I don't know how you feel. I hate bitching. I hate being upset. I don't want to sound like No, you have Sullivan. every you have every right, every right. And and with all due respect to your brother, I, I know he's a lovely guy and I know he's a big fan of the Thomas take and all that yes. stuff. And more yes. power to him. He's a smart man. But with this take this is not a good take by your brother. In, in all, in all, in all fairness, sorry. This is this is not a not a good take. We have seen this. I have seen this throughout the entire season. When they have the ball right before the half, and they have an opportunity to get into field goal range, or to hopefully get six, and hopefully Hauschka yeah. can kick it through the uprights for an extra point and get a seven. The offense isn't trusted to do anything within a minute. Before the half, it's like no. the, it's like the coaching staff doesn't trust the offense. They're worried that they'll make a mistake. I'm sorry if you have the ball at halftime, you get two possessions: the last one of the first half and the first one of the second half. Take take a shot, yeah. take a shot at the end zone. Go deep right, like with your deep ball quarterback. What's the worst that could happen? Well, it I mean, gets picked, like, and and they're back 
in that territory. It's a, it's a punt. Right. It's, it's a, a punt. punt. Right. Right. Well, yeah, but with five seconds left, you saw the one timeout. We're we're looking at the TV screen. We're watching the clock tick four, three, two, one, and then it hits double zeros, and there was no timeout called. I'm like, no like, timeout at all. What? It was yeah. like the delay game kind of made field goal range very difficult. Right. But I would have loved to yeah. see a, a, a last shot. minute shot. Just a deep ball. Like, right. Are, are we really lacking that much confidence that they would pick it off somewhere around the goal line and then take it back a hundred yards? Yeah. To the house, like, come on. At least take the shot. I can see 20, 30 seconds left. Maybe just pound the rock with Singletary. Yeah. But you got a minute. You got two timeouts. They botched the entire drive. 20, 20, 30 seconds left based on the field position. You run something quick to the outside, and then then you might have a long field goal. But you have something. Like, we were out of, like, there was no range where that was into the wind, too. So there was no way that we were going to have Hauschka would have the leg for that. I just I, I think it was ridiculous, but it I, I and it was uncharacteristic. It was like disappointing in a sense Very too, because McDermott I think has been overall he's made really good decisions this year. Yeah, like situational mm-hmm. game calling. I, I I it pissed me off all last year. It was like every week he did something new that would that would be frustrating in this sense. But this was the first time that I can remember in some time that McDermott has has sort of bungled the situation like this. Well, you have a chance to really like step on the throat yes, of the Denver Broncos and put them away. And, and, and I think, you know, it goes without saying that they do not trust the offense that they have in that scenario of a minute left, even with a timeout. They just don't want to put their offense in that situation at all because it has happened so many times throughout this season. We're here in week, you know, 11, 12, getting into the later, you know, days of the, the weeks of the season. And this has happened at least over half the games where they get the ball before the first half is over and they don't do anything with it. No. And I just feel like Broncos at home is the perfect opportunity to do it until you get in. You're getting into Q4 of the season, your toughest matchups. You got to get, you're going to get ready for the playoffs. Right. And the playoffs, 58 seconds left, two timeouts on the road. What if you totally different experience? Would they have, would they have ran into the, you know, tunnels if they were down against Denver in that situation, I would certainly hope not. No, you know? exactly. <laughs> right, right? Right, right. With that being said, picture them doing the same thing in a in a divisional playoff game. Yeah. Right. What? It like, would be un- unheard of. We're going to let yeah. their clock run out with five seconds left and a timeout? It's very sloppy, and it needs to get fixed. It's just Agreed. something that they got to – that's a huge – fact they're going into these final five six five what is it five now five weeks of the five season weeks, yeah. final five weeks of the season it's something that's got to get worked on no doubt about one it. negative hey they dominated today offense defense everything but that's just a huge facet of the game that needs to get worked on the thorn in their side drive i'd say for sure ryan of the game let's start talking about let's start talking about some positives and i know positives. There were i know a lot of positives i know no one doubt. of the big things you wanted to talk about we talked about the hurry up offense you know the you know josh allen really spreading the ball around but let's talk about the running game today against Denver, which was a top five defense today yes. coming into the game. Yes. 244 rushing yards against this defense. Mm. Singletary, 21 for 106, averaged five yards a carry. Frank Gore, 15 for 65, averaged 4.3. Josh Allen, 9 of 56, aver- averaging 6.2. I would like to take the time on the Thomas Takeover postgame show to congratulate the fountain of youth that is Frank Gore. Passing Barry Sanders for third all-time on the NFL uh, career rushing list. Cheers to Frank Gore. Cheers to Frank Gore. The fountain of youth. Fountain of youth. This guy just 
take a sip of the of the of the beer for Frank for sure. This guy is just is just phenomenal. Um, what what he did today and the action that he got, I thought he made the most of it. And thankfully, you know, we're starting to see this offense give Devin Singletary the carries and use him in the play calling in the right ways on the outside. I saw a lot of outside runs today where he was able to get some yards after catch and. Cody Ford and and John Feliciano and some of the offensive linemen pushing him forward. In a oh yeah, couple of about, about Doc. De, yeah, Doc literally, De, yeah. literally uh, yeah. picked up a linebacker De- who was grabbing on to Singletary, and he dragged both of them forward. About it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. Yeah, and I mean, Devin Singletary is one of those running backs that he runs with a temper, and yeah. and I love that. And today, this was the best display throughout this entire season, in my opinion, of how they use Devin Singletary and, and Frank Gore. Yep. I, I can't pick another game off the top of my head because Denver's defense, run defense, is very good. They've been yeah. very good all season long, and, and yeah. this was their worst performance this season, run defense-wise. Yeah, it looked like Singletary had just like a half step or a step on guys really finding the outside on those outside runs, hitting the corner mm-hmm. early, and then picking up some serious yardage up the sideline. I mean, he went off for over a hundred, right? And it, it there's now there's enough evidence to to like provide a direct correlation between his number of touches and wins, his, yeah, our number of wins yeah. and his total number of yardage. I yeah, mean, yeah, we should be true. feeding him fifteen plus touches every single week, like like without a question. no question. Yeah, and no it question. looks like that's definitely the game plan. You know, over the course of the past couple of weeks. Yep. Um, but want to ask both of you guys your take on this because you definitely know what my take is, and I have a feeling what you guys are going to say. What is up with these Allen design run plays? I'm sorry. He is phenomenal when he's not designed run play. I mean, he is just – it's pure entertainment to see what he can do getting out of the pocket in situations where it collapses, somehow picks up 20 to 30. But I am so over the design Allen run plays. It's to me, get him out of the playbook. Unless it's a sneak on fourth and one, I really today didn't see any of those design plays that were good for this offense. Well, I ask myself this all the time, you know, usually after a Bills victory on on Victory Monday, and I think of Josh Allen's performances, and I ask myself this one question. I say to myself, how good is Josh Allen going to be in three years? How good is he going to be in four or five years if they continue this progression? But the only thing that is going to limit that, the only thing that is going to stop that is if he has a devastating injury. And the only reason he'll have a devastating injury is with these stupid designed run plays. I don't think they were as common this week as, as they have been in previous weeks. Maybe they've called those run design plays for Allen in situations that are just kind of under the microscope. But I just don't like to see them in general because I know that this guy can be a game-breaking talent, can be a 12- yep. to 14-year quarterback if they build around him like they have. And if they continue to build around him like they have, I don't want to see him out there you know, trying to truck linebackers and stiff arm. Yeah. A lot of people like that, but but to me, I, I don't. Right. I, I, I guess I don't have a huge issue with Allen running the ball, just given the fact that he's been so productive over the past several weeks especially. I mean, looking back to Cleveland, we would have lost 19-2 to two if it weren't for Allen running the ball. Yep. So it – I agree with with he needs to be smarter when he's running the ball. Right. And yeah, like the the obvious design run plays. I thought today there were there were several plays where it was hard to tell whether it was sort of like play action and then he just bailed out or like the RPO. It was, yeah. It was sort of like a gray area as a, whether it was 
like a designed run or not. And he picked up some chunk yardage plays, but he he almost like fumbled the ball on what was, I think it was like when the first or second for one. First down, yeah. reaching yeah. for the first down like it was the pylon. Right, right. And, and and it was like sort of the the holding of all of our breaths collectively at rec room when the ball like popped loose. Luckily, it was down and yep. the chains moved. But yeah, I think he, he he really just needs to be smarter about you know how physical he's being while he's running the ball because. There's always that next play. The one thing that I I say that too, like I agree with you 100. percent But then I remember when I first watched his Wyoming game tape and thought to myself, this dude is just a warrior. He just yeah. wants to prove that he's that he's the you know a, a legit force that he can be a legit force in the league. And I, I just see him only getting better. I, I really do. I really truly believe that. Oh yeah, over these so, past couple yeah. weeks, it's it's like yeah. you said today. You know, before we're here, it's like he's picking up where he left he's off. Reading at, the after field, that game. yeah, he's reading the field, picking up where he left off from Miami. And I think to what uh, Supreme was saying too, he's he's seeing where not to throw the ball, and maybe he should run instead. He's yep. he's not waiting to run or waiting to pass. He's he's more so seeing when he should run and when he should pass. And I think there's a huge difference in that. Yeah, absolutely, sure. absolutely. So Ryan, I mean, we're, we've been talking about the offense. All day. We talk about the running game. Josh Allen, got to hear your thoughts on the defense when it comes to – I mean, they were locked down today. The run defense, the way we got to the quarterback, I think the, the Bills had a total of four sacks today. Shaq Lawson. Oh, my So what, what were your favorite parts about this Bills defense Shaq, today? Shaq Lawson was my favorite part of the Bills defense today. I'll, I'll come right out and say it. Uh, there was a stat that was shown by CBS Sports that uh, Buffalo has had 15 – what is it, 15 players with two or more sacks in a game. Yep. And they lead the NFL in that stat. Jordan Phillips, diamond in the rough that they claim from Miami. We've been waiting for Shaq Lawson to really burst onto the scene as a former first-round pick out of Clemson. Great player in college, by the way. Like, I don't think anybody can debate that. And for him to have two sacks, two really crucial clutch sacks oh, in today's yeah. game was just huge for him. And I've been waiting to see him find his footing in the league, and I hope that it, it – you know, this is the start of that. I hope that he can really be a force on this defense throughout the rest of the season in these big games, for sure. Yeah, because I, Shaq was obviously a uh, – he was a Rex pick. Right, right. And, you know, I mean – He's the he, only Rex pick left, I was going to say. Think. Yeah. Say, like, right. The McDermott and Bean regime has been kind of getting rid of the Rex players and, yeah. you know, moving on. And he, he's right. someone who today really came through in the clutch. Pro- proved it for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they had a great graphic up on the screen towards the end of the game. Basically, it was in the books. Um, Kevin Harlan was running down all the great moves that – Brandon Bean has made in his tenure as GM for the Bills. And I think that there's only like 11 total players left from the Rex era, uh, if, I, or if I remember yeah. correctly. And 15 and, drafted, right? And 15 yeah. drafted, but the best number of all, 80 million of free cap space coming up right. in this upcoming right. offseason. Are you kidding yeah. me? It might end up being 88, they said at one point in one of the parts of it too like they talked about it and they said yeah, it could 80 be 88 plus yeah. million yeah that i mean that I, I like the sound of that that's that's that's, that's gonna be a fun off season it's gonna be a great off season where we're at now we're eight and three right eight and three five seed five weeks to go well now and think of the potential yeah now you might be able to recruit some players bring in some players that were on really good teams that want to come here and help us be that 
you know, next step team to where we can take over the AFC. Because, because normally we're a franchise that has to overpay people to come and play in Buffalo. That's a fact. Because right? you hate to yeah. say it around the league, people, they always trash on Buffalo. Right. You saw yeah. what Matthew said about the Bills. All we do is, what, make babies in the wintertime. That's what we're, right? You know, I mean, right, you know right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom Brady always bitching about the hotel situation here. I mean, it's just constant. We're just known around the league as, like, what is there to do in Buffalo? Yeah. But you then there's all, also, I feel like a lot more, more frequently nowadays, because that's definitely been the narrative yeah. in the past. But more frequently nowadays, I feel like the players on the team, they say that it's like playing it's like playing professional college, if that makes sense. Oh, right, Where it's right. like the atmosphere, it's like a college, like it's a oh. big SEC type feel at the Ralph, which is true. Oh, my God. Because there's not a lot of other, like, okay, well, you're going to go to Miami, you're going to have a great city, amazing weather, you know, the beaches, the, the women, all that. And then nobody's going to show up to your games, and nobody's going to care eight games a year that you're a Miami Dolphin. You're going to put a tarp because, on the 300 section. Oh, I yeah, Because <laughs> you, you'll put a tarp up top. Yeah, and DJ Supreme, I could cannot agree more. When it comes to a college atmosphere, I mean, just you go on the road, and you don't see anything like you see in Orchard Park. It's not that's even close. Nope. But the point I want to make is, yeah, clearly, around the NFL, that's the mystique we have. No one wants a player. There's nothing to do. But when you look at former Bills and current Bills, and especially Bills that were used to play here, their families are still here. Right, they don't right. leave Buffalo. Right. The amount of people that still live here and, you know, raise their kids and raise their families. The business is here, too. I mean, that's a big part yeah. of it, too. That's, I, I think that's, that's the That's, very that's big. a big key is that a lot of former Bills still stay here and love to be here. Oh, yeah. Imagine, imagine living on an NFL salary like you're a starter, you're, you know, you're a roster guy. In Buffalo, New York, you'd be a king. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's right. incredible compared to some other cities, some other markets where, like, yep. yeah, you're not gonna like you're not gonna struggle anywhere. But no. like you could literally like you know buy half the land down in the South Towns probably. I mean, it's For crazy. Sure. And three words: winning cures everything. everything. Shout out to Could the not U- agree shout more. out to the UB Bulls. Big dub today, and the Sabers win Sabres, five two. Big so, five two. Five to two. We needed those five goals bad. So a massive. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, Buffalo Sunday for Buffalo sports fans. Before we get to around the league, checking up on some scores and talking about Dallas, it's time to get into the Thomas takeaway of the game, the Thomas player of the game, and the train wreck of the game. Let's start off with the Tom- Ryan Thomas player of the game. The Ryan Thomas player of the game has to be Shaq Lawson. I, we touched on it just briefly there, but I mean, Shaq Lawson, we've been waiting for him to find his footing with the Buffalo Bills. I'm actually rooting for the guy. I like the fact that he is really the only Rex Ryan player that's that's kind of left over. I think that's just insane. Um, you know, the fact that Shaq Lawson has continued to uh, withstand that pressure and and played as well as he did today against Denver in a big moment, a couple big moments of the game. He's definitely my my player of the game for sure. Oh, I mean, you, you, I mean, even though the one sack was untouched, the other one was beautiful. I mean, it doesn't matter. He got it done today. He got in the backfield. That's the yes. biggest thing. And it, it, yeah, truly taking over. Those are two big, big moments for us too. Could have been, you know, could have been ugly if he didn't get that those two sacks when he did. Yep, for sure. Let's get into the Thomas train wreck of the game, and I think it's pretty obvious. Say the name. I'll give the stats. Well, we know who the real Allen is. It's Josh Allen. We know who the. Other Allen, the other Allen is not the real Allen. And how about that guy today? Brand, Brandon Sh- Allen is not off. for real. The shirt off. Yeah. You guys saw that? He painted <laughs> his chest and stomach. Yes. I forgot exactly what it said. You oh guys my didn't see Lord. that? No, I didn't see it. It was yeah, like, it was we, uh, our Allen is the real Allen or something. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> I didn't was, even see that. That's great. Oh, oh, oh my God. In the words of Bill Rafferty, it was the big fella. <laughs> Oh my God! We'll, to, we'll we'll show you this after the show. I, yeah, yes. I need to see that. I didn't even know that was a thing. That's awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah. Brandon Allen today showed up in Buffalo, New York. 
10 of 25, 82 yards, oh. one INT. Yeah, his performance was rough, and there were some throws that you could tell he hadn't thrown in wind like that before. The ball would just die in midair, and, and it had no spin on it at all. There was yeah. almost Actually, there was almost another Trey White interception uh, towards yep. the sideline there yep. where he threw that ball, and, and that thing almost died. Almost went a, six, right? Oh, yeah, that, that, that would have been an yeah. instant pick six yeah. if yep. he would have caught the, it. The ball you know, went out of his hand and, and had no spin on it at no. all. So, um, yeah, Denver has a real serious – problem at quarterback Joe Flacco they brought him in he didn't pan out Brandon Allen he's not the answer either no and even if and I was talking to Jay Dubs about this last night even if it was Joe Flacco the same shit would have happened yeah Joe Flacco would have been doing anything today Joe's Joe's not not elite by any stretch of the imagination Joe Joe needs to get back to the accounting firm all right (laughs) yeah right where he belongs all right and our favorite part of the show the Ryan Thomas takeaway of the game Brian Thomas, take away the game. Brian Dable in the booth. Keep him there. Throw away the key. Lock the door. Let him call the plays. As far as uh, the Thomas takeaway as well, I would definitely say that this Buffalo Bills team is motivated to go to Dallas. Judging this game today, they look fired up on both sides of the ball. My perception of this game last week has drastically changed. I think they have a shot in Dallas. You know, Ryan, you couldn't have said anything about yourself because if you if you drop this game, if you go to seven and four and you gotta go to Dallas, even as a fan base, right. we're just like we gotta dread this all week. We're going to Dallas as pretty much what? Potential I don't know how you guys feel. I think the the Buffalo Bills are probably gonna be what, six, six and a half point dogs, if I was the guess. Going into Dallas, I would next say week. so. Yeah. Oh, and just confirmed, so. they just they just lost the New England thirteen to nine final. Thirteen. Thirteen to nine. Wow. New England, wow. no offense. No, whatsoever. they have a problem Continues on offense. To get There's no done. doubt. Another yeah. dub. A little past their prime, maybe. Someone, oh someone might be needing to retire soon. Uh, I, we, we might be, might be seeing it. All jokes aside, I think, yeah, I, I, anywhere in like three to six point dog range. Yeah, I think I, that's realistic. Yep. Going on the road to Jerry World on a short week for both teams, but. Dallas, they have a lot of talent. I think that there's going to be – I can't get a feel for whether I think the Bills are going to win or lose, but I've, I've, I'm thinking that there's going to be a lot of really cool matchups to watch out for. You know, yeah, Amari I, Cooper versus Trey White is one, for example. Michael Gallup. Randall, Randall Cobb and Gallup versus Levi Wallace. Oh, <laughs> no. Where's Wallace? Well, you know, to take the take of Rob Gronkowski, you put Buffalo in a blizzard, they'll practice. You put Dallas in a blizzard, and Jerry Jones will say, let's go inside. Let's put put these players in a plastic bubble. Well, too bad they're not coming to Buffalo on Thanksgiving. Right, but I have a <laughs> feeling that this Buffalo Bills defense is going to show up for this game. I, I mean, after watching, I know it's Denver, and I know it's Miami, but this team is starting to find their identity, and I questioned whether they could do that. I think that has made me open my heart up a little bit to the Bills again and say that they might have a shot to ride into Dallas – take over I, I totally agree I mean our defense is looking as good as it's looked all year you know right back to where we started and our offense is too I mean we're clicking on offense I think we need we need to be more dynamic I mean you know, Dable's really got to be on point on Thursday afternoon every play call win, has to be great yep. it, yeah. it has to be a complete Flawless. game yeah. if we're going to beat the Dallas Cowboys because they are a good team they're very talented that, that but similar to the Bills they're they're they've had their ebbs and flows. They've been they haven't been the most consistent team this year. No, they haven't. And they played a very similar schedule to yes. the Buffalo Bills. They've blown out Miami. They've blown out the Giants. You know what I mean? They've blown out the they yeah. beat the Redskins. But you know, in this game, it, you look at the you look at the two teams. Bills defense, Cowboys defense. 
Yep. Dallas offense. Right. Bills offense. It's not as low, but like it's 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 where the, their offense better than ours, but our defense is better than theirs. So w- where's the middle? Our defense. Where's the middle? Our defense versus their offense is the matchup. Yes. That's that's the that's the pro, that's what makes that game worth watching on Thanksgiving at four thirty Eastern time. That game is is literally our defense against their offense, and I think Dallas is all has always been and always will be one of the most overrated teams in the National Football League. Think that that it could be universally agreed upon by people that don't even watch football. Yeah, they probably know that. Yeah, uh, like th- like half of their fans, by the way. Right, right. Maybe more than half. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> but uh, I, I think as far as you know, kind of a, looking at how this season has played out for Dallas and how this season's played out for Buffalo. Dallas lost to the Jets. They lost to the Jets. I mean. That hey, hey, to, hey, 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 all I'm saying, hey, we yeah. almost lost the Jets. But we, they just but we came the, back, we beat them. True, know, we, we true, did. but remember how no. awful we played, even though it was week one? Right, right. You're that, right. That too, you know. You're right. Hey, yeah. the Jets right now, they blew out the Raiders 34-3. I don't know what the hell Darnold threw for, yeah, what, the, 315, two TDs through the air, one on the ground. The Jets have scored 34 straight points on offense three straight weeks. That's something to be said. I'm just saying, the Jets. Yeah. The Jets aren't going away. No. But I, I, I wouldn't consider myself worried about the Jets. I'm, Ryan, my biggest point there is I'm, right, right, I'm not right. comparing you can't compare the, the Bills yeah. being the Jets to Dallas losing to the Jets is a big factor going into this game. That's the only yeah, thing. That's, that's the only thing. But maybe we could agree on this point is that there's like it's really hard to decipher or make you know have until details the of, play, of right? what's going to happen yeah. until Thursday yeah, afternoon. Right. Until yeah. the teams play, that's when our questions are obviously going to be answered. But it's fun to kind of compare the teams and, and find out what chink in the, ar- in the armor that is the Dallas Cowboys. And I think they have a few of them yeah. that I think Buffalo yep. can expose. And my, sure. my biggest thing is have the Bills played an offense like this this year? And I'm going to say no. That offensive line, those three weapons at wide receiver and Elliott and Prescott, I don't think this, this Bills defense has not had a test like this, and it's on the road. Right. That's the Eagles true. didn't have – the Eagles were banged up. So the Patriots aren't who they were. So I think this is definitely the number one offense that the Bills have faced this year. And I don't – personally right now, I don't think we can compete when it comes to a shootout. If it turns into a game where it's Dallas putting up points, I just – at this point, even though Dallas's defense is weak, I don't know if Allen – and that offense is ready to compete in a shootout in Dallas on Thanksgiving. If Buffalo's offense, and this is where Brian Dable really comes comes into the picture, if Buffalo's offensive play calling is up to par, like it has been really these last couple weeks, I know we talked about it at the start of the show where Buffalo's offense couldn't find their footing on their first couple drives They kicked field goals. They can't do that against Dallas. No. They can't uh, sit on their hands and, and kneel on the ball at halftime if they even have a lead against Dallas. Yeah. You can't do that. No. But, but as well, I think their play calling has to be perfect. And I think if their offense is progressing, like I think it is, their offense will be much better than what I thought it would be three weeks ago in this game yeah. against Dallas. I think that's fair it, to say, It's good right? to see yeah. the improvement. Right, there's been improvement. Going yeah. into this game. I would love to see Cole Beasley go off in Dallas. And I feel like he's going to be relaying, you know, maybe not, like, obviously not the playbook, but some tendency to the defense throughout yeah. the week this week. But I also like seeing – I'm very interested to see – I think Jerry Hughes is going to have a breakout game on on Thursday. And I also think Ed Oliver might have a breakout game on Thursday because those two guys, they're Houston area guys, so they probably hate Dallas yep. as is. Probably going to have some family coming in yep. from down south. And Ed Oliver's been, you know, I know Shaq had a big day today, but 
it's been heating up. I thought he had too. that safety. I thought that was a safety. And he had a yeah, sa- really and he had a, and he had a big I, sack I thought, today. Yeah. The only screw up he had was that personal foul. Yes. Yeah, when he hit the dude from true. behind yeah. at the helmet, and yeah. I knew right away McDermott Dumb. was going to take him out. I was we were like thinking, what's the over under on when he's coming back? <laughs> he's just acting like a young Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> which was, was you know, not, hey, not, you're not young, you're due for something like that. Uh, but real quick, before we end the show and get your final take around the league, I just wanted to wrap up. We obviously know the Raiders got destroyed. The Patriots win. We saw what happened on Thursday Night Football. The only other big result that happened in the 1 o'clock games was, unfortunately, the Steelers got it done. 16-10 to on the road in Cincinnati. Uh, Mason Rudolph gets pulled oh, for Devlin Hodges. And awful. Mason Rudolph The, the Steelers awful. got it done on the road with no Connor, no Juju. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with the Steelers team in the next few weeks because, you know, that could be – the biggest game remaining on the Buffalo Bills schedule. Oh, that's definitely the biggest game. In my in my opinion, yeah. that is definitely the must win on the rest of the schedule. You're right. Cause in, in addition to one win anywhere else. Exactly. Steelers I agree. and whoever else. Like if we went if hypothetically we go in, we beat Dallas on Thursday, that Jets game at the end of the season, even though it's AFC, is not as important if we beat the Steelers. Exactly. Like it's, uh, and, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a little bit of anxiety behind it. Ryan, but, uh, before, before, before we sign off, your final whatever. Final thoughts. Fire away. My final thoughts involve this game, this Thanksgiving. The Buffalo Bills players have not played on this stage. There's no stage like that they've played on as far as prime time, Thanksgiving, 4.30. That in and of itself, among the reasons I've already stated, I think is a huge reason as to why the Bills might show up and make this game a close defensive battle between Dallas and Buffalo. Hey, it's 4.30, prime time Thanksgiving. People have said this is arguably the closest game to the Super Bowl on the NFL schedule you're going to get to. Everyone around the world is going to be tuned in this football game. No and doubt. And it's going to be for the, you know, a chance for the Buffalo Bills on a national stage to, you know, if anyone's got any flack about the Bills or Josh Allen or the offense, this is your time. Mm-hmm. Buffalo, Buffalo, this is your time to shine and put up a great, a great show in Jerry World. Yep. And, yep. and the Bills, the one thing that we've lacked, I mean, 8-3 and three record, first time since 96 is incredible. The one thing that we've lacked all season long is a signature win. This game yes. could be is the, the signature perfect win opportunity for our signature win this season to show the rest of the league, not just for this year, but in years to come, that we're for real. Oh, DJ Supreme, Ryan Thomas, I swear to God, if we go to 9-3. and three. Uh, if, if this team goes to 9-3. 9-3. and three. Nine and three. Hey, it's possible. Just make Dak Prescott beat you. Stop Ezekiel Elliott. I think if yes. they stop Ezekiel Elliott, force, to, force Dak Prescott to throw his way out of the game, you know, throw his way to a win, I think Buffalo can win. And can the Patriots please lose one more time? I would hope so. Please, because we still <laughs> have to play in Week 16. We're two losses behind, but if that happens one more time, come on. We have a chance. Right, They're right. They're not doing anything. 13 points at home. Guys, this is... So get on there. Why not to us? That's what I'm saying. Why not us? Why not us? Why I not us? I mean, people, I mean, obviously, I don't want to bring up the AFCs, but hey, great show. Show <laughs> sponsor, Picasso's Pizza. Check out the Thomas Takeover postgame show, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud. Everyone, enjoy this Sunday. We are the Buffalo Bills, our 8-3, and three, Ryan Thomas. Let's DJ go. DJ Supreme, thank you, everyone, for joining us. Good night, night now. now.